everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Black Boy Joy podcast. My name is Kieran and I'm joined as ever by Ainsley. Hi Ainsley, how's it going? I'm doing all right. It's um, it's a cold, it, I mean it's a cold fucking, what, last day of January. I'm saying how I am, I can only say fine and on board of lockdown, which I said last week, I said yesterday, the day before mm. that as well. <laughs> to be fair, which makes sense because that is pretty much every year. And, and also I hate being asked how I am anyway, so I probably shouldn't ask so often. So let's get straight to it. Today, Ains and Hold I on, just... hold on. First of all, before we, what? Before what? we get on to that. <laughs> <laughs> we should say that um, this episode will go out at the beginning of LGBT History Month. So happy LGBT History Month for everyone, and it is um, that will it will be in the middle of like HIV testing week. So just want to say that like happy H happy I got to say happy HIV testing week for a second. Sorry, it's, it's what, happy LGBT History Month. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like I need like one of those clacks and sounds or the party popper sounds, but I, I can't yeah. do. I can't. Maybe we can add one in after. Who knows? But yeah. If I could, if I could be, like, Part wheels and deep probably doing it to set to tell anyone like <laughs> happy LGBT <laughs> and of course it's happy Black History Month for America as well. So let's not forget that too. Let's not forget that. No, you're right. Yeah. Absolutely so right. really, so really, it should be happy Black LGBT History Month. <laughs> so it's just one big celebration. February's really, isn't it? So <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, it's one big celebration of us of. Black queer people only. I'm, I'm joking, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning to black queers and black queers only. <laughs> <laughs> right, so we want to talk about the new Channel 4 dra- five-part drama, It's a Sin, uh, which has been discussed all over social media, and I reckon we'll, that's going to continue for the next few weeks. Yeah. Uh, me and Ainsley, like a lot of other people, binge-watched it, and I'm sure we have a lot of opinions to exchange with one another which we haven't done yet so we thought it'd be good to just do an episode and just talk through the whole thing um obviously this is going to be a spoiler heavy episode if you haven't finished watching it or if you plan on watching it uh i'd say come back to this later or just yeah, skip, come back uh, after, skip on yeah, yeah for sure for sure like so the story will be spoiled by what we're yeah. about to say because i am I'm, I'm not hiding anything about this about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Um, have you ever watched? So the show is by Russell T Davis, and he's mm-hmm. he's like made like gay shows before. So yeah. he made Queer as Folk. He's made Cucumber. So this is like the latest instalment of like a few queer yeah. shows. Like, what have you have you watched any of them before? I've only watched Queer as Folk years ago. Um, so let me think. Did it, I think it came out of the late nineties. Yeah, I would have watched it at the time, like scraps on YouTube, like in the early 2000s or something like that. Yeah. Um, but that's only, that's only other, the only other thing he's done that I've watched, but I, I loved that. I think, I think it was, I think when I watched it, I was a teenager as well. And mm-hmm. I wasn't used to seeing like gays on TV. I wasn't used to seeing like explicit gay sex on TV either. Mm-hmm. Um, and the acting is cringy, but I still like the show. Like I've, I've, I've still got watch yeah. it again. Have you seen, what have you seen of this? Cause for me, it's just that. I've never seen any of them before. I've seen like I've seen like you said like I've seen like, the odd clip from Queer as Folk, like um, I've seen like you know like stimulated sex scenes like gay sex scenes on Queer Folk, I've, <laughs> <you know? laughs> but I've never actually watched the show like in its entirety from beginning to end before. So it's a scene with the first or the Davies show that I watched, yeah. 
and I definitely have some opinions about that show. So I guess everyone who's listening would have seen it, or if the listeners are not going to watch it, but just to give like a brief sort of set, set the scene points about. So it's uh, it's like a handful of friends. It, start, mm-hmm. it starts off in 1981 in London. Well, they come from all different places, but everyone meets up in London. But everyone moves there if they don't already live there. Um, and it's just, mm-hmm. they're all sort of, um, so most of them are from LGBT BT background. And it's just about their lives over the next 10 years from start to finish of the season and obviously it's, it's against a backdrop of sort of HIV and AIDS sort of becoming more prominent the yeah. stigma around that and just what the gay community was going through at the time um, yeah I think it's probably fair to say that it's about of like I'd say the main character is Richie Toza he's played mm-hmm. by Ale- Alexander who is the lead singer from the band Years and Years right oh it's kind can- of like yeah it's like, I feel like he's like the central yeah. character and everyone else is like around him. Can I just jump straight in on that? Um, because the one thing that annoyed me about this is that I just felt it didn't need a main character at all. And yeah. that most people's stories were just as important as his as the main character. So yeah. the fact he was, it's like, you know, in all the promo, he's in the center shots and everything. It's, it's like very much his show or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just, I felt that was a bit forced. I was like, well, everyone, literally everyone's got an interesting story here. So why are they really trying so hard okay. to have this I guy central? Nothing against him particularly, but I just, I just kept thinking, why does he need a main character? Anyway. Yeah, um, I agree with that. I think before we get into our criticisms of the show, I think I want to start by kind of like saying the positive sort of things that I really liked about it. It's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <But> I think... <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely, though, I think overall that it is, it's good, it's good television. I yeah. think it's really super important and it's a part of our history as gay men, as queer men. I feel like especially if we're thinking about us in our lives, especially to do with sex, to do with like relationships, like interacting with others, HIV, yeah. whether it's spoken or not, it's just, I'm just, like, we can't, like, we, like, you can't think about really, like, the gay experience without thinking about HIV. And I think that's yeah. what it's a thing so important because like it doesn't put any punches about it. And I think that show more than others really gives me an idea of like what it was to be a queer exactly. man yeah, in the eighties during the height of the AIDS ep- epidemic. Exactly, because I reckon there must there must be other TV that covers that period. For me personally, I've only come across Pose, which is set in um set in New York in the same kind of time frame. Mm. Or I think Pose starts in the late eighties, doesn't it? But it very much, there's a lot of yeah, both I think sort of heavily like concerned that more at the eight starts. It's, I think yeah. like 84, 85, maybe. Yeah, I'm yeah. not 100 sure. But they're both concerned sort of the AIDS epidemic that mm-hmm. sort of began in the 80s. Um, so this, for me, I, 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 I'm sure there's other stuff around, but I hadn't come across anything that was set in Britain that dealt so sort of thoroughly with, with that issue and showed mm-hmm. um, what was going on at the time. Though I think it was done really well, and I think it's the kind of thing that Channel 4 like really excels at, I think, in their dramas. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, no, I, I enjoyed it overall. Uh, the only thing I would say, I thought the first three episodes were the strongest and the last two weren't as strong. But in general, I, I wouldn't hesitate to recommend this to pretty much anyone to watch. Um, mm-hmm. I genuinely think it's, it's a central viewing. Obviously there are themes in there are themes in the show that you can't have like kids watch, whatever, because it deals a lot with like mm-hmm. sex, adult themes that you wouldn't be comfortable with a child watching. But if you're like yeah. an adult age, then I think it's so important for everyone to watch. So one, you're aware of like eight, the HIV and AIDS epidemic. 
too, so you can kind of see like where we were to where we are now. Um, mm-hmm. The thing about it is that obviously there were people, but I remember like going on social media, like on Twitter, and seeing like there were men, there were guys that we know who were tweeting about the show, just saying that like this is so representative of a time I lived through, where like I was a gay man in London and some of my friends around me were dying of this AIDS and everyone was scared. Nobody knew exactly what it was that caused it. Everyone was just in a kind of state of panic about it. When yeah. that, like, when you're, because like when you're thinking about like sex or relationships or interacting with another person that you're interested in, like the whole idea of you, you catching a life-threatening illness, it would be the last thing on your mind, wouldn't it? Exactly, from doing something which you see as pretty right, as harmless and innocent as well. Mm-hmm. Which everyone does. Um, the one thing I didn't really know so much, um, which this show highlighted, was I, did, I didn't realize that there were quite a few years where it wasn't discussed in the news at all. So it was only mm-hmm. if you're in that community or in contact with the community that you'd kind of know about it. Um, mm-hmm. I was I was oblivious to that completely. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was interesting to find out. Yeah, because uh, at the start they think it's they always say it's some kind of cancer, cancer, and then then it's, yeah, it's eventually yeah. named a few years down the line. There's lots yeah. of um, conspiracy theories floated about by the main character as well um yeah who just who downplays it saying oh it's just made up it's not real blah 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 um yeah and i think i saw actually i, saw, I found about the show because um the main character alexander and um, i think he was on gray north a few weeks ago and i don't actually i don't really mm-hmm. watch that show but i turn the tv on to like go to netflix but it's always on bbc one or bbc two or whatever um mm-hmm. and he was halfway through being interviewed and he was just he was talking about the parallels between when people were discussing like the sort of AIDS epidemic back in the eighties, and when people were talking now, when it's 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 a threat, but then a lot of people try and say you know it's some kind of conspiracy theory, or they try and downplay how effective mm-hmm. it is. So that was yeah. interesting. And I really like that um, scenes that I really liked in it was like you know when like certain characters or certain people in the story got the like got the virus, mm. and like people were like quarantined and they were quarantining them. And the they thought it was like contagious, like airborne like, or whatever. Yeah, so, given how like it had fast, how quickly it was spreading, you just think the virus, think oh, like cold, flu, like someone sneezing or coughing. Because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. the who's the, the first people to pass? And it's um, Neil Patrick Harris's character and his husband mm-hmm. um, in episode one. So I think what I gathered from that is I'm assuming that Neil Patrick Har- Harris is that his husband in that must have been cheating on the side for him, for them to catch it. I think that's what's implied, I don't know, but. But that's, that's the thing about, like, well, I guess we know that now, but mm-hmm. um, the thing about HIV or, or AIDS is that like, when, when someone gets it, especially if they're in a relationship, it's assumed that like someone has strayed, when really it could, like, it could be the case that like, it's just been dormant for all this time, so it hasn't caused any problems for them until like the, um, the virus started to replicate again. And then it starts to shut down your T cells, your red, white blood cells. But I mm-hmm. think in the show, Neil Patrick Harris's character and his husband, I don't know if it was. It seemed like it was implied that they'd be quite liberal with their sex mm. lives. I think there was. I think maybe was that implication there. Yeah, possibly. But really, um, yeah, it could be anything. You could, they could have got it. They could have got it last week. They could have got it like years and years before. Mm-hmm. I and guess so. Yeah. There's just not, yeah. There's just no way to know. I think it's kind of, it's nameless at that point, isn't it? In the first episode, I don't think anyone actually mentions AIDS or HIV once in the first episode. It's just, mm-hmm. oh, so I can't remember his name in the, um, in the, but basically the guy who well, nearly works at Savile Row. 
because um, he's, he's obviously his colleague of Colin, who also has a big story, um, mm-hmm. big mm-hmm. sort of a plot point. Um, but yeah, it's it's not actually named in that first episode. It's just oh, I've got some kind of cancer, and then yeah. um, then he passes away. Yeah, and it's, I think it's only in the second episode where it's actually given a name and it's actually identified what it is. But it's mm-hmm. but there's still lots of. I think the second episode we hear like AIDS or the HIV. We we hear the the terms for the first time, but it's still that kind of sense of mystery because they have that whole scene where um, the main characters kind of half talk to the camera. And you see him walking with different bars and through the streets and everything with this entourage behind him. And mm-hmm. he's he just like, you know, giving it large about, oh, it's all a conspiracy. How can the virus mm-hmm. only affect gay men, blah, blah, blah. But I guess that must, must have been what it was like at the time as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think, I, I think at the time, like in the 80s, I reckon it was like treated as a gay plague. So mm-hmm. in, like in the early years, it would have been like, this is a thing that only gay people can get. Which obviously we know now isn't we know now not to be true. Mm-hmm. So back then, if if people are saying that there's something here that only affects gay people, you like you're not gonna you like you're gonna be very skeptical of that. Like how can something biological affect one group of people? How can it tell if you're gay? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, it's, it's sometimes it's frustrating to watch it. But that's me in 2021 watching a, a drama about what was at the time. But then at the same time, I think if if I was around back then. I, I know I could be tempted to think the same thing and be like, well, that's ridiculous. How can the virus only affect gay people? It's, it's bullshit. Knowing you, Kieran, I think that you would have erred on the side of caution if you were alive and not in that time. I would have, yeah, I w- would have been cautious, but at the same time, I would have thought what that description was, oh, there's a disease affecting gay men. I think, oh, that's bullshit. It can't affect gay men, but yeah. there's something yeah. going around. So. Yeah, it's true. It's wild. And like I said, like those scenes where like, People like people, like we said someone who they knew to have it. People were like wearing face masks and stuff, and like, mm-hmm. and you had to be isolated away from other people, and like they didn't want to, they didn't want to bury you, like they didn't want to have you anywhere near in case someone else would catch it. But right now in 2021 seems completely wild, but back mm-hmm. then it was normal, wasn't it? It was completely normal. Definitely. The thing is, should we run through like all the characters and what we thought about them and their stories? Okay, I want to start with doing that. Then I want to start with um, with Colin. Oh right, yeah, yeah. yeah I think yeah, he's the, he's the one that I like the most in um, it, out of like everyone in the show. Yeah, I think his character was really, really important for the sh- um, for the show and just for the whole story that they're trying to build with it. Yeah. I could tell because he was painted as like the innocent, like, you know, the innocent one, like well intentioned, did everything he's supposed to do. From like the very beginning, I was like, oh, something's gonna happen to him. Like, it was just so like, I was like, you can have a bad ending. You can just see it like, um, they were setting up yeah. from the very start. Um, so in a nutshell, he, I think he's only sort of, you find out when he's like, pretty much on his deathbed, I think he's only set with one person. And it was a dude at the, the um, yeah. not bed and breakfast, but wherever he was like lodging when he first moved to London. Um, yeah, there's some dude there that he'd been sort of messing around with here and there, and he got yeah. it from him. And I think I think they're trying to reinforce the point that you know you could have unsafe sex once and catch it. Yeah, um, and that they contrast that with Roscoe. You could you know you could be quite promiscuous and mm-hmm. and he never got and, and not catch it. Yeah, yeah, never got it. Yeah, I think that was one of that was one of the things that struck me the most about like what they're trying to do with like Cardin's character. Yeah. Is that like I think there was still the theme where Rocco even says it is that like um, Colin was good. He never messed around. He did everything he was supposed to do, and he still got AIDS and died. 
there was that st- I think there was that stigma and I think there probably still is that stigma that endures to this day about people who mm. have HIV I mean AIDS isn't so much of a thing now but like you contact the virus that like you must be um, sleeping around you must be promiscuous you must be like um, like sleeping with X, Y, Z it's risky behaviour across the board yeah yeah there's all yeah. that but it's also like taking HIV as if it's like a moral thing. So like you got HIV because you deserved it, because you're a bad person, because you've been doing all of this. Now that's such and a good thing... point. Yeah, it's because people see it as like it's like a mark of shame and it's like a mark of immorality, isn't it? Yeah. And like because at first I was saying, oh, it was a cancer. It was, it was sent by God. So it's like it's a plague. So it's like that's like it's like you know Moses' time when he, all the different plagues sent. Um, yeah. It's like this time around, it was a, a plague sent by God for the. Mm-hmm. Um, or the Sodomites or whatever. Like it's just, it's actually mad. But yeah. It's still like you said, it's still got a stigma now, definitely. It has, it definitely it definitely still has a stigma there. I, w- I don't think I I'd hope it isn't I don't think it's as bad as it was then. But like it's still even with that whole, you know, like if someone the language that people use uh, about their sexual health status is that if someone is mm. clean, if someone is mm. negative then they're clean, which implies that if they are if they're living with the virus, that means that they're dirty. And that tarnished, that, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. All of that stems from that same thing, which I think, like, more than the character himself, which, like, Colin's character, I think it's hard not to like him, but he was, like, really mm. sweet, really lovely. He would not... I think you're supposed to like him, aren't you? You are supposed to like him, and I, and I did like him. But more than that, I think what the character represented in, in that kind of, it just showed that, like, AIDS doesn't discriminate. Mm. And And he went out in the worst way. So I I looked up um, the sort of mental um, deterioration he had. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's it's a case of pretty much going senile, uh, even though you're still, like, what, 24 years old? Because the brain just starts breaking down, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. It was just just sad. But I think I could... I called it from at the beginning. I was like, something really bad's going to happen to him. And it was just, uh, I don't know. Yeah. uh, Yeah. It was... yeah, it was it was particularly sad when he died. I think it was end of episode three, um, yeah. and yeah, and he also got hit on by his his boss was a bit of a predator. Right? But I think his boss was the typical married and straight in inverted commas, but like mm-hmm. plays on the side. Um, mm-hmm. It seemed from what Neil Patrick Harris says. Yeah, tell you who the boss is. You know, in um, Giovanni's room, Guillaume. Mm. Oh, yeah. Like a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's similar, yeah. I think yeah. It's, not as, it's, not, it's not as, like, flamboyant or charismatic as Guillaume, but, yeah, it's, it's the same kind of thing. An older man is... It's not to do with his age, perhaps, but it's more to do with his, like, his power. power. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Power. Quite predatory. Like, you know, when he gets him to, like, start washing his hands to get all the fibres off, and he starts yeah. moving up his arms, like, where is this going? Like, literally, yeah. Like, yeah. I was really scared that what they were going to do with the story made it so, like, while they were in New York, that guy, like, sexually assaulted Colin. Yeah. And that didn't happen. Well, it's, it's clever how they did it, though, because that was going to happen. And mm. then he saw the, the HIV magazine, Sydney. Yeah. And then he got scared, thinking, oh, this guy's got something. So then he went, he went off. Because that, that's where it was headed, wasn't it? But then because mm-hmm. he, he goes into his, his hotel room drunk, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah. What did you think of Roscoe? Girl, <laughs> first of all, I just want to say that bear in mind this this boy is a Nigerian first generation Nigerian boy. What kind of name is Roscoe? 
Lothar Babatunde. Yeah, you know what's funny? You know what's funny? Because you get his first name for the first few episodes and you hear hear his surname as Babatunde like a few episodes in. It's like the registry in there to try and balance it out for having that strange first name. I don't know whose idea that was. Yeah. I don't think I've I don't think I've heard that name before ever, like Roscoe. There's no one I don't know of a single person in the UK called Roscoe. Sorry. It wasn't a it wasn't a nickname either. That was his actual that name, was wasn't it? His parents called him that, yeah. Like it was like <laughs> Yeah. That we were supposed to believe that he's full love of the parents gave to him. Roscoe Babbitton. It sounds like an alias, doesn't it? Roscoe Babbitton there. Like some kind yeah. of like someone's like anonymous name on Twitter or something. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. I heard, well, I saw some people tweet that um, apparently the the Yoruba in the opening scene is really, really bad. Like, mm-hmm. just not authentic at all. It sounds awful. And to be fair, like, I don't know anything about Yoruba, but, like, when I heard them, like, sort of praying around the table, I, I don't know, it just seemed... Uh, at first I was like, are they speaking English? Are they speaking something else? Like, but, um, yeah, apparently that wasn't done very well. Uh, yeah. I heard people discussing on Twitter. Um... I didn't really like him as a person. I I understood him as a character, but uh, I don't know. I was maybe I'm being cynical again. But you know the whole making the dark skinned person like the most like sort of a dislikable person in the cast. I don't know if I was looking into it too much if I was reaching, but like I was getting that vibe. But you think he yeah. was most? I don't think he was the most dislikable person in in the cast. We'll come back. To, we'll come back. To, we'll come back to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I yeah I had real issues with um, with Ross Gold's character in the show. Mm-hmm. I was saying to my boyfriend before when we were watch, watch it together that like I feel like with Ross Gold being in the show that I should be grateful that there's like a there's like some black representation like there's a black a black queer male character in the show. But mm-hmm. honestly, like I, I could, I could see absolutely no similarities between like any experiences that I've had and any experience or any experiences that Roscoe would have had as well. I think that taking the name aside, I found yeah. it. Really- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what are you saying? You're taking that name of Roscoe aside. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that like the first thing that we see him in. Is when like his parents find out that he's gay, that he's a queer person, mm. and his sister's like, "Oh, you like you need to go, like you need to go, basically before it gets worse." Like, for you. like now, literally, like immediately. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, under- yeah I, under- I understand that bit of it, but like, I mean, other other black queer people have different experiences to me, but I, for one, if that happened to me, that would you be hitting you, hitting your dad, and and just just be walking out of the house? Yeah, um, it didn't seem realistic to me. And you know the whole like the performative. He came downstairs with a t-shirt tied around his head, with yeah, like, a kind of a makeshift yeah. cro- a crop sh- a cropped up as well. Yeah, um, and he gave a very short speech. I can't remember. Um, but then it was kind of funny because the women just started laughing their heads off, and like the men yeah. looked like this really confused, like what the hell's going on kind of thing. Yeah. But like it, it made it made for a good TV scene. But I didn't think it was realistic because I, I couldn't see it happening like. I, I couldn't see it happening at all. I think you know he wouldn't have got he wouldn't have got as far as the door. Like, I'm saying that like, like he slapped his dad a couple of times and he ran off into the into the rain with a suitcase in tow. I was, I, I was like, okay, it, it makes like a TV scene. But I was like, come on, would that actually happen though? Like, what do you what do you imagine, Kieran? Like, one, could you imagine that <laughs> we're in a room with our uncle, with a dad and our uncles are here? Yeah, in the eighties, no less. 
<laughs> I'm coming down in some belly top, all this makeup on, saying, yeah, I'm leaving the house. Basically, fuck all of y'all. This is who I am. I'm hitting him. I'm like, I'm hitting him and, and nothing's going to happen. Yeah, it was, it was a bit, it was very far-fetched. Um, I think, do we see him second? I can't remember, but I think in the first episode, they go through like the three guys, don't they? Um, Richie, Roscoe and Colin. Yeah. But because it was like the opening mm. scenes, I thought it was pretty ridiculous. But I thought, let me let it slide because it's just the show's just started. It might get better from here. So yeah, they're redeemed. I think, but his character was—I don't know. Like it was, this is, I thought his character was—I don't want to say one-dimensional, but it was a little bit like that. It's just he has like a mm. tough exterior on all the time, like super bitch. Um, I can sleep with anyone. Blah blah blah. Uh, mm. It's like it's like it's like the kind of the tart with the heart stereotype, isn't it? Yeah. When he yeah. when he when he I can't remember which episode was it number four when he pissed in Margaret Thatcher's coffee. I just thought it was ridiculous. Like, I was that, like, this adds nothing to the story whatsoever. Like, what's yeah? Doing? So that that scene is probably the like that whole thing with Stephen mm. Fight's character is probably the biggest issue that I had with Roscoe's character. Uh-huh. Is so like like he's in he's like sleeping with Stephen Fry's character, whatever. And mm. he like kinda like ha- he's almost like keeps him as like some sort of house pet basically as someone to like yeah. have sex with and then like to parade around about like, sh- his- Yeah, because it's it's like a sugar daddy thing, but I can think wouldn't they be hundred percent discreet? But he he takes him to events and stuff, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Which I, which, I, yeah, again I, I don't know how realistic it. that would have been back then. I I don't even don't know. Um and but, one thing I found so jarring about that whole relationship that he has with Stephen Fry's character and his own, and bear in mind that, like, we don't really see a development of it. We see him go back to the flat that Stephen Fry lives in. Hmm. Then we see that they're obviously hooking up. Then we yeah. see that, that, that he's bringing him to these, like, um, to these, like, political events, and hmm. there's nothing in between any of that. But then when the scenes in the political event happens, and he's like, oh, we need a colored person and all of this. Yeah. And I think he makes him like stand like in Jamaican bit. I remember, yeah. Because <laughs> I think before we even said it, I was thinking, I was like, is he, Niger- is he Nigerian? And I saw him on, like, with the Jamaican stand. Um, yeah. I, think they, I think they did that to highlight the yeah. fact that, you know, people are just very ignorant and think, oh yeah, you're all black, you're all the same kind of thing. Um, but the point, yeah, but I think that's, that, that isn't what I had an issue with. The thing that disturbed me was like Roscoe's how Roscoe dealt with all of that. Because to me, like, he only, like, he made, he made him be referred to basically the quartered person. Um, mm. Represent a country that isn't his own. Um, they made, like, him hide Roscoe away, but meant to show that, that they're not, that they're not together or anything. And he yeah. had no problem with that. So, it's, you know, it, it said to me that basically, like, Roscoe was happy for a white man to treat him any which way that he wanted him to. But, when it comes to like the whole sexuality aspect of it, where um, Stephen Fire saying, "Oh yeah, I'm not gay," whatever, that's the thing mm. that's popping off at. That's the only thing that you've got an issue with. Oh yeah, cause I forgot about that because why was he annoyed? What Stephen Fry was saying, I was like, "Well, what?" I think Stephen Fry didn't even say. I can't remember the exact words he said, but I think he was just. I think he said that he liked, he fancied Margaret Thatcher. It was something along yeah. those lines, wasn't it? And yeah. then the fact he said he liked her. That's what Roscoe's on. Not the fact it was Margaret Thatcher, but the fact it was a woman. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking, well, can you not see he presents one face to the public and one face in private? Like, yeah. I know maybe we're more aware of that because we, we've got the benefit of looking at gay history and stuff and seeing how 
these things plan out pan out mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. i don't like you're saying it didn't make sense to me that that's what he was annoyed at because it seemed like a very minor yeah. point compared to everything else that you like you said um, yeah exactly yeah it didn't make exactly. sense but that episode i thought that was episode four which i thought was the weakest the first three i really liked four was weak mm-hmm. i thought as an episode and five was okay um can we talk about jill who's my favorite and favorite character in the cast okay um, she's She's kind of written without any flaws, um, but aside from that, um, I think it was nice to see her allyship. Um, mm-hmm. I think she, I, for me, she's the main character in the story because she kind of binds everyone together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a shame that they didn't really give much of her, it's like, she, like where was her love and her happiness? It's like she was just there for the friends, like helping everyone out. But then we saw like her personally, like it's, it's supposed to be over like 10 years, I'm thinking mm-hmm. she doesn't have a boyfriend at any point. She doesn't seem to have any other friends outside of the circle. And also mm-hmm. she's straight as well, apparently, well, as we assume. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't I thought she was a bit under, underdeveloped in that. So she was just like sort of the fag hag um, of the mm-hmm. group for ages. And Definitely. She didn't, have, yeah. didn't have her own things going on. Yeah. I think that, like, the criticism you could make of Jill's character, because by the way, like like I said, like Jill was like lovely, but like I said, she had no flaws. She had no life really outside of her gay male friends. Mm. And I think that is a flaw that you can put on all of the characters apart from the main character, Richie. Is that, that's yeah. why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking actually from what you just said then. I don't think, I think everyone was flawed apart from Jill's the only one that wasn't flawed, I think. I think with Colin, you can say that he wasn't very assertive and he was a bit... I don't want to say he was a bit of a wimp, wasn't he? Yeah. In a way. Um, The Ash dude, he's not as central a character like the Asian Asian dude. The one who was Mm. kind of... The one who was Mm. obsessed with Richie throughout all those years. Um, We don't really see enough of him to... I don't know. Um, Who else am I thinking of? Yeah. We were were talking about, about Jill... Mm-hmm. And essentially, like she's not, she's not a complete person. Like you don't see all sides. You don't see all sides of her. She mm-hmm. basically like her character exists to, to be support to these these gay men. Yeah. Um. Ali Alexander, Richie told the character in particular, but like um, you know, in the last episode, the very last, I think I think it was the last episode, or maybe the last episode, but one when um his mom, he behaves his character, Richie's mom, um, she started reading her basically. And she'd call mm-hmm. her like awesome chorus girl. He um he basically yeah. owned <laughs> I think it was the last episode. It was, it was true though, wasn't it? Like it was um, true. yeah, it was true. The mom said a lot of things didn't agree with. Like she I think she was was resentful of the fact that Jill hadn't told her that Ollie was gay, which mm-hmm. she can't blame it on Jill because he, she'd been sworn to secrecy. But yeah. it was the fact she was like I think the mom did say to her, you know, Words to the of the to the effect of oh you know you don't have anything going on for yourself it's you just mm-hmm. running around after the, after these guys which is true the total truth yeah but the thing is but me watching that I didn't like when I saw her character I would think I would think like if I knew that person in real life I would think they had their own things going on I just kept thinking it's the way she was written was that that she didn't have like other people outside of the circle of friends because mm-hmm. it just I don't know the the part of the story which was the most unrealistic for me is all these guys lived together for like 10 years pretty much obviously yeah. i think colin passes during that time but yeah. they mean 81 and the story finishes in 91 i'm thinking you're telling me you've all been like this close for 10 years and lived in the same space that's for me that's not realistic between like 18 and 28 or whatever 
Mm-hmm. I'm thinking like the people tend to change groups in that time. People fall out. People mm-hmm. move to different places. Um, mm-hmm. Also, there wasn't enough in the. Sorry, I might be nitpicking, but like you know the whole hair and makeup thing. Most of them looked exactly the same over the course of ten years. I'm thinking, oh, come on, yeah. what's going on? Like this could all, this could this could all be like six months for all I know. Like um, yeah. I don't know. Also, uh, but, yeah. A small yeah. thing about Jill's dad, who is a black man. Maybe I'm projecting here due to my own experiences with black straight men. But like, because there was a bit when they go to the um, to the protest and he's like, oh, if yeah. I get like lifted as, as a gay man, then oh yeah, that's great. And I don't know about you, Kira, but I don't know a single, I don't know a single black straight man who would do that. <laughs> I, I felt like that would, that would be believable in 2021, but not in 1980, whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah, when that, when that happened, I kept yeah. thinking that's that's just a bit like, you know, the writing is... I, I thought with this show, a lot of the writing was good and a lot of it was a bit cringe, I thought. Um, I don't, I don't yeah. know who wrote it, how many people on the team, I haven't even looked it up. But there were there were some bits that just didn't work for me. Like there, were, there were too many monologues as well um, of people like talking their shit and I'm like, this is just a bit forced. But anyway, yeah, that, that wasn't realistic at all. That particular thing. Well, I, well, I think <laughs> one of the things about It's the Sin is that we're saying that like what happened with Roscoe isn't like it, I don't I, I I found it hard I found it very hard to believe. Mm-hmm. Thing with Jill like well Jill doesn't have a doesn't really have much of a character, but even the stuff that we do see doesn't seem really realistic. So it just seems like whoever was in the writing and creative process like didn't really think about kind of like the experiences that queer black people or queer people call that really have outside of making sure they're in the show does that make sense yeah i know what you mean is that someone was saying you can't have diversity for the diversity's sake right? yeah to, you know, they have to you know they can't do like throw into the cast but yeah um so yeah i don't know sometimes you, you, i wouldn't take it down but i watch it and i think oh we have to just accept whatever scraps were tossed or whatever but like, <laughs> until we can, unless we just make our own stuff but I think like it, they're much, you know, it could have been much worse, I guess. But there, but there were a few things that just seemed a bit like, what's going on there? Um, yeah. And like Ash's character, for instance, like him being Asian was purely incidental. Exactly. We don't hear we don't hear a single thing about his family from 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 memory. I don't think he, we might just no, not really. There's that really cringe scene when um, Richie Ali, Ali, Ali Alexander, like when they kind of. They go to go. They go to get together in the first episode, but it doesn't really work out because he hasn't prepped or whatever. Mm. But he's asking him questions mm. about his background. But apart from that, I don't think we really heard much about you know where he's from, what happens, you know what what his relationships like with his family. It's just literally, it's not mm. the cat. He could have been. He could have been any from any background. Um, it's true, like I said, yeah, like just like purely like it's just in the like in the script. They might have yeah. been like, oh, when they were dividing the show, I said, like, we need, we need an Asian character here. Let's yeah. make, like, Ali's love interest Asian. And then that, 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 was the, that was the beginning and the end of the conversation. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's like, it's like surface level diversity, isn't it? It's just a bit, yeah, it it's very transparent, right? Maybe, um, like, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm, like, doing a bit too much, reading a bit too much into the show. I don't think, think you are. Like, <laughs> well, like, just, like, this is something that I noticed from, like, literally right when I started watching it. Mm. So I couldn't get fully invested, as fully invested into the characters because of these things that I, that I could see. Yeah. Shall we, shall we turn our attention to the trashest member of the cast? <laughs> 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 no, 
You're saving the worst till last, isn't it? I mean, I will say that I don't think he's supposed to be likable, so I don't feel bad about disliking the main character. Um, yeah. I think he's probably the most, he's the most fleshed out character, definitely. It's a shame mm-hmm. they couldn't do the same with other members of the cast that we've, we've spoken about. Um, yeah. I don't, where, to, where to start, really? Um, so I was speaking with a friend of mine about It's a Sin, and they really liked Richie. They really liked Richie's character, and they really liked mm-hmm. uh, Richie. Uh, I was not here for any bit to honest with you. Like I think that is probably... <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to criticize Ali Ali Alexander's acting of because there's two mm. things you can take here. There's Richie, the character, like how they how like how, how they wanted to make him. The lines are given him, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, so like did you want him to be like or did you not, whatever. And I would assume what it was that they wanted him to not be like because his character was just horrible. <laughs> I found mm. And then there's the actual performance by the person. And I think that both of those were lacking it somewhat. So there were certain scenes that Ali Alexander was in. And so what I would say is the first couple of episodes where they were still having fun, they were still Mm. like being hedonistic, he'd gone to parties, he was having sex with like this person, that person, those were good, that they were acted well. That was fine, but once it got like more depth, when this character supposed to dealing with like the death of his friends, dealing with mm-hmm. like having his own AIDS diagnosis, I wasn't believing. I, I wasn't believing it from then. And there's a particular scene that I was saying to my friend that um, kind of exemplifies that to me, and that's when he goes back to the Isle of Wight and he meets mm-hmm. like that straight guy that he wants to like hook up with, and he's in the car with him. Oh, that was painful, that whole 15 minutes was how long it went out for. Oh, yeah. my God. And, yeah, because he was supposed to, like, I think it was supposed to be a really emotional scene where he's trying to say that, like, I'm not going to come back here again because, basically, he didn't say it, but he's implying that I won't leave to, I won't leave to see another meeting between us. Yeah, and yeah. And he was supposed to be crying and everything, but, like, he wasn't crying for Star Wars. He was, he's, like, like, he's, like, screwing his face up as no tears. Yeah, and, like, yeah. he was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he does the fucking, the ballet thing in the headlights of the car when he steps out of the car. He does some kind of ballet pose that he was talking about. Yeah. I can't remember. It was a pirouette. He did something anyway. And I, I don't know, I think it, like you said, I felt like this is supposed to be really poignant, the scene, but it didn't really, it felt a bit short for me. I was like, okay, cool. What's happening next to the story? Like, yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I really agree. And like I said, like, I don't want to, I, I don't want to be bashing the actor or the singer, like single actor, Alexander himself. Yeah. But I, I just wasn't convinced. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you. I, yeah. I wasn't convinced by the performance. The fact mm-hmm. he's supposed to be this like irresistible guy that gets with everybody and like you know everyone's falling on themselves to get with him. I, I'm not seeing it in yeah. in the um, <laughs> so from the beginning that I was catching like why they're really trying to shove this dude as like you know some nine out of nine out of ten dude who like everyone wants to get with because mm-hmm. um, that went ha- that went hand in hand with him being the main character as well and I'm just like it's not working can we just spread the focus across the cast a bit more yeah. Um, but yeah I wasn't seeing that I thought I did think there were, like the sex scenes were over the top and, and like gratuitous sex scenes but most sex scenes are but at the same time I think that's what the director's known for and mm. I think maybe it was to enforce the point of that this is how the virus spreads as people just well not doing anything wrong in particular but just um, just enjoying themselves um mm. Maybe it's just maybe it's just to capture what it was like at the time because I think maybe I still think a lot of straight people don't realize how promiscuous a lot of gay guys are. 
Um, mm. But it's like, you know, it's wild, like four, four yeah. five nights a week. But uh, I didn't find, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, honestly, I didn't find the sex scenes too, too like, over gratuitous. Like, I know that I could put on any show with straight people on and see, like, more, like, just to example, I've been watching Power mm-hmm. um, on, um, I think it's on Netflix, and there was a sex scene. There's the same sex scene with the same two people in every single episode. So compared to that, mm-hmm. like, like there's a reason why they're having these sex scenes. It's not with the same person. I don't think it's like, there wasn't a sex scene there that didn't need to be there, if you know what I mean. Oh, I don't know, you know. But I think, but I find sex scenes gratuitous anyway across the board. Um, the one oh, really? that... I- the one that I didn't like, and maybe I don't know. I think they, they, maybe this is what they're going for anyway. But like you know, when Colin is, um, you know, when he's on his deathbed, literally, and he's and he's trying to base on a recount how he caught HIV, yeah. um, and you see the flashback with the dude with the football t-shirt, and then you see him getting done from behind. Or that again, that just didn't need to be in the scene at all. Like they could have just implied that he'd done something with him. But again, but yeah, I'm no. very, I'm, I'm quite anti-sex scene in general. To be fair, yeah, you're I'm making like, if, yeah, it needs like- to be there. You're making a 12A film, they're making an 18. <laughs> it just didn't need to be there. Like, I think maybe they wanted the contrast, but he's, he's pretty much a straightness, innocent character. And then one of his last few scenes is him getting, like, you know, painfully done from behind. Like, but, but I, I wouldn't say it was painfully. Like, everything that they were doing was consensual. And I think that, like, I think that they, they kept the... They it, was, put this there. it was definitely a hate fuck, though, wasn't it? Like, from the dude to, like, the guy in the yeah. football shirt. Because I can't yeah. remember what you were saying, like, you dirty faggot. There's something along those lines anyway, I can't remember. But um, yeah. it was just, like, thrown in. I was like, okay, cool. Like, that didn't need to be but, there, like, but... I, I felt like that's in the scene, that's in the show, in, like, that scene is there, because then you can, then you know, like, through no, like, no uncertain, like, you, there's no guessing onto, onto <laughs> what, <laughs> like, the whole, the sex scene, didn't I didn't mind. Most were in the, is in the, I think most were in the couple, the first two episodes and after point when Dill gets through to them and say, you don't need to like stop messing around and get tested. Um, it feels like after that, doesn't it? Pretty much. Yeah, um, but like, but I'd say like an over gratuitous sex scene would be, let's say that like Richie and Ash, he'd like on and off person that he has sex with. Like an over gratuitous mm-hmm. one would be like, when you see them kissing and they like take off all their clothes and you see, like, um, him simulating, like, oral sex on him. And then, like, they're getting, like, lube out to, like, reach him off. And then you see, like, the actual fucking, like, not... It sounds, like, it sounds more like a porno, what you're describing. Like... But that's, what, that's, what, that's what all the gratuitous is. But with this, this, these sex scenes in It's a Sin were, like, montages. So just to show you that these people are fucking around, basically. I don't think we're going to agree, but it's fine. It's, it's, that's, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we need to get back to our main man, Richie, but Richie, I have not yeah. finished. <laughs> have we... So, do you know what I was confused at? Is how he caught... I think it's implied... So, you know, he... I can't remember. He has, like, the one, like, sort of long-term boyfriend he has. He can't mm-hmm. remember the name, but it's, it's some actor who has to yeah. go home because he because he contracts HIV and turns to AIDS. Um, I wasn't sure who passed the virus to whom, that confused I me. That, I think that was a part that it was supposed to be that way. It was supposed to be ambiguous. Right. Um, there was a scene in the there was a scene in the, um in the when Richie's in hospital, and they're mm. talking to Dill, and he's like, I can't remember the guy's name either. But let's call it, his name's not Donald. Let's call this call him Donald, whatever. And I think it was like, Donald actually. It was, was something Donald. like that. It was some, <laughs> It was something like that. Anyway, carry on. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He, and he was like, Oh, maybe he gave it to me. 
and then Jill made the point. Maybe he did give it to you, but the point is, Richie, that you were sleeping with X, Y, Z, this guy, that guy, the other guy. So you could have given it He's to He's a him. super spreader. Yeah, like anyone could have got it from anyone. So it would be unfair to blame this one person for giving you for giving you HIV or passing it on to you when you you passed it on to other people and they would have, and some one of those people would have passed it on to you. I think that was kind yeah. of the whole point of it, which is why it was like, what we didn't know for sure. Well, it's supposed to be ambiguous because there was um, there's one scene when they first sort of have like sex properly for the first time. Um, afterwards, you see the dude sitting up in bed and he's got one of those lesions on his lower back, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. So I think again, and that's why I was confused. But I think maybe you're right. It was supposed to it was supposed to not be sort of straightforward of how. Yeah. But he so after. I can't remember. I think it might be, it was either when, after Colin had passed or before, or when he was dying. That's when Jill sat at the kitchen table and she said, he's basically told them all about him. So I was like, you know, you're all sleeping around with whoever. Like, we've known about the virus for a while. And like, you don't seem to care. Like, you, you should get tested. You should be mm. more responsible, blah, blah, blah. Um, which is what they all needed to hear. Um, and she, she even sugarcoated at the end as well by giving what's-his-face like, like a little kiss on the head. Because um, they need to hear the hard truth, I think. But um, what was the point I was making? Yeah, the point was that um, they went to get tested after and then he left the hospital early, didn't he? Because he didn't want to see the results. Mm-hmm. And then I think his, his denialism went on and on and on to the point where he must have known he had it for a few years, but like, mm-hmm. but it wasn't confirmed. And he just, as long as he didn't admit to himself that like, there was probably something he needs to get checked out, he could continue mm-hmm. his old lifestyle just sleeping around with whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and on one, while I understand it on some level, because at the time, there was obviously less information around this massive stigma. Um, it's, it wasn't as open in the media part. I think it, it got more sort of media prominence for, as, as the years go on in the eighties, but it's like he could keep that sort of the fancy alive if he didn't have a test. But yeah, so he's trash mm-hmm. basically. Um, well, I understand where it came yeah. from, but. Yeah. That is one of the biggest. That is one of the biggest issues I had with Richard's character and with the way that we saw that in in the show. Because mm-hmm. I understand, like him having an HIV or AIDS diagnosis will be the most traumatic thing that he would that he would have gone through. I understand him wanting to be in denial or him trying to run away from it or him just like feeling like any kind of way. I understand. I understand that. Like I get that. Yeah. But what like. I think again there was an there was an implication. I mean, he he says it himself. He says that I knew I had AIDS, and I still I still slept with people. I still spread it to people. Yeah. And I just like, and when he said that, the rest of the characters like they didn't really say anything back to him. Yes, I guess, to my um, was it yeah. was, was he? I think my, was it my flatmate that said this separately that like no one. When he when when the truth comes out, it's like they're like, oh, they're they're Richie, but like no one no one calls them out. Yeah, I was like, what are you yeah. actually serious? Like, um, I found, yeah, yeah, I found that just so disturbing. And like they, and because once Richie's dead, and um, his mom and Jill they speak, and she mentioned it that like Richie because of his shame, he went yeah. and spread this virus to someone else. Yeah, which is true. Which at the end of the day is true because he was he would have had some shame. He didn't want to um, face up to the fact that he had this debilitating illness. That he still carried on living the life he li- he led before, 
which end up him harming himself and harming so many other people around him. I get that, that's true, but there's still another side of this, which is this person has chosen to engage in stuff that would put so many other people in danger and mm. he knowingly did that. Yeah. And there's just like no responsibility and no accountability and no real acknowledgement of that. Yeah, his it's friends all, don't say anything. Yeah, um, it's all from a place of like, oh, it's hurting. Oh, he's in pain. He's ashamed, which I understand. But there's yeah. still this thing here where you cause so much harm to people. Yeah, and that isn't that isn't really isn't properly addressed in the move in um in the whole show, which I find I, I find really hard to get on with. You know what though? Now with you saying that now, I feel like even though it's unresolved in the show. I think what I like about it, if like is the right word to use, is that it's, it's realistic in the sense that you, you get these friendship groups where someone is an idiot, but seemingly they have all this power and no one calls that when they do wrong or anything. Mm-hmm. And that's how their group works, I think, because um, the only person who ever kind of stood up to him, um, I think there was Jill when she was basically telling him to like, you know, stop sort of talking down AIDS and like get real about it and get tested. And then there's maybe one comment Roscoe made to um, to Richie where he said something like, oh, you know, you wouldn't know if Colin had slept with anyone because you were taking the mick out of him for like sort of yeah. being a virgin or whatever. Yeah. But in general, he, again, which again, when I was talking about the casting, it didn't make sense to me because this guy's supposed to be really influential and powerful and like no one can tell him anything. And mm. I can't help if, imagine if I was in that situation, I would be spoken up on many occasions, but no one says anything at all. Like... <laughs> Like it just gets away with murder, I think. But that's kind of realistic. Like I said, I think there are French groups that work like that, where someone is like, you know, it's like they're above criticism, no matter how awful they are. Um, yeah, so yeah. Let's be real here. Like he in the show, he displays the behavior that is wholly self-centered. He doesn't mm-hmm. think about anybody else apart from himself. He voted for Thatcher. Um, oh yeah. Oh shit. He was a closet Tory, um... wasn't he? I forgot about that. <laughs> I completely forgot about that part. Yeah. When he's, yeah. Mm. <laughs> The way he was with um, like the activists, like the people who were trying to raise awareness for HIV and AIDS. Yeah. Like, even if I didn't believe, even if I didn't believe it at the time, I wouldn't treat someone. I wouldn't treat someone like that for trying to help you essentially, or trying to wake your eyes up to this some, to this thing that could kill you and eventually does. Oh, is that when him and Roscoe were shooting away? I can't remember the, the bold dude who was like head of the small activist group, yeah, the one who kept trying yeah. to tell them. Yeah, he kept, I think they like kept shooting him away whenever time, whenever he like mm-hmm. trying to spread awareness. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, but he, I think I think I like that he's a fleshed out character. I, I just wish that they'd spent as much character development time on him on everyone else as they did as they did on him. But he's like I a agree. complete person, but the others are a bit like props, and that's why like they done the whole main character setup. I was like, this show didn't need a main character. It's like Skins, for example. Skins, mm-hmm. Skins doesn't really have a main character. There's like maybe like the most known actors on there, but in general, it's been they're quite equal in how they they like sort of apportioned or like the focus across different cast members. Well, with Skins, with um, Skins, the TV show, there was an there was an ultimate main character. That's the one who like we see first, and then we kind of like go off into everyone else's lives. Nicholas Tony, played by Nicholas Holt. Nicholas Holt, yeah. And then, and then the next generation, it was his sister Effie, who played by Kaya Scott's Garden Goldelari or something like that. So it is always, so it's always a white man, basically. It's always a white but man yeah. who's like, 
Yeah. <laughs> and it's, I, think, like, I think it's it's silly to me because I, I think it makes the story worse if anything because it just means that we end up with you know I'm happy with his, his, how his character's being like developed which means that you know like with Jill there's a big gaping hole in like you know I want to know more about her if they did a spin-off series with her you know, I'd happily watch it because I think for me she, she was the glue that yeah. held the group together not him there's one thing that we didn't discuss actually with oh. Roscoe because um, there was that scene where like his dad tried to, to reconcile with him Oh like, yeah, um, yeah. He, yeah, and maybe like for balance, we should acknowledge acknowledge that in the whole, in the whole, you know, like show as it developed. Again, I found that pretty hard to believe. To be honest with you, I don't know of any. Mm. I don't know. I've never heard of any. Um, of any. <laughs> of any Again, any it's it's like I don't. I don't want to be too harsh in the eighties, but it's a different time. Like when I think of how things were like when I was a little kid, and that's in like early to midnight, so mid to late nineties, when I think when I would have been aware of like, you know, how much of a stigma being gay was. I'm thinking this was what, fifteen years earlier? Um, yeah. before social media, before there being lots of gay people in, in like the public eye of celebrities. Like it's yeah. not it's not clear it's not making sense, is it? Like <laughs> something yeah. like that with this that reconciling. Because I'd think, oh, you know, if they're estranged, they'd maybe not be estranged like maybe about now. Like when Russell would be like forty ish, maybe I'd understand, but mm. well, but but then like been less than ten years since Dad was like, I'm really sorry how things went. Again, I think more time would have to pass back then. One hundred percent to come, to come yeah, for, the, for the dad to come round. What actually yeah. happened anyway with that scene? I'm trying to remember. Did he forgive? I don't, him? I, I don't think we. I don't think we know. Like they don't embrace or anything. He asked for his forgiveness. Roscoe uh-huh. still being like Roscoe, like that defiant, <laughs> like standoffish. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think the, the scene changes. Right, okay, that would make sense why well, I don't remember it then. Hmm. Yeah, because the thing about It's a Sin is that um, I don't want like, I don't want to bash it too hard because, again, it does represent some people and it does represent the lives that people we know have led. And yeah. I want to come back to that point because I understand how important it is as a story. Mm-hmm. But there were certain things with that I just I really couldn't gel with and it's why I can only say that I've liked the show and it's important. I can't say that I loved it. Yeah, so for me, to touch on what you're saying, the problem I have, I think, is that this is a kind of story that can't be told too many different times. There's only mm-hmm. so many shows that you could talk about growing up in the 80s as a gay person. Mm-hmm. There's only so many times that story can be told. So yeah. it's like, if anything, if anyone does something similar, like after this, it will be compared to this, like it's the blueprint or something, because I think because yeah. it's like they're, they're the first to do it or whatever. Yeah, well, I think. Well, like I said, there might be other things around, but I can't think of like prime time TV show that's sort of dealt with apart from Pose, but something that's over in the UK that's done it. Um, yeah. So I think it's important. There are flaws like we've discussed, but I'm still very grateful the show has been made. Um, Me too. Me too. Just, I, I just, I just sometimes wish it would have been done even even better. Basically, um, I think yeah, like there was diversity on the screen. So to speak, you know what I think. <laughs> yeah, there was yeah. more than one race on the screen, but I, I really, I'd really want to see like, was there as much diversity in inverted commas behind the screen, mm. and were there were there people here who could consult on the story and consult on the script who had the experiences that that queer people would have had in that time, and mm. maybe like I'm way off base here. Maybe like in the eighties, there were far more like black, like black Africa and black Caribbean people who were so defiant who were going to walk down the road like in makeup and whatever, 
and just mm-hmm. completely disavow their family and disavow their race and disavow like um everything to do with their identity their like cultural identity as an African or Caribbean person. Mm-hmm. But I I mean that doesn't speak to me. I don't I don't personally know people like that. It could have been different <laughs> in that time. Yeah, exactly. I'm just the same as you. I don't I don't know for sure, but in my when I've been analyzed, I thought this is a bit of a stretch. Yeah, it seems very, very phony to me. Yeah. And I just I think that really should be like that that really should be like highlighted when we think about it the thing as a show. Yeah. It will definitely win lots of awards and stuff, won't it? I think oh, for sure. it's, yeah. I think it's it's a ground it's covering, isn't it? Like it would be it'd be hard to do a show about this subject area and for it not to be good. Um, I think. But yeah. I would if I had to rate it out of ten What would you actually let me ask you first, what would you give it out of ten if I had to rate the whole series? Uh, it's tricky with this one. Out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere between six and seven. Mm. The thing is, it's, what, it's odd because part of me wants to say eight, but then when I think of all the things I didn't like about it, I was like, eight's too high. I think 7.5. I think a lot of what's riding it for me is like because of the ground it covers, I think it's such yeah. an important show. So despite mm. the things with it that annoyed me, I'm much more willing to overlook them because of what else the show achieves. So I think 7.5. Yeah. But yeah, it's very enjoyable. I would recommend it. I'd give it one point lower, so I'd give it a six point five. But I completely agree with you as well. Like, um, I think it's an important piece of piece of television. I think it's one that will endure, so people will will watch it again in years to come and whatever, and still have things to say about it. I think mm-hmm. for any gay man, I think it's like it should be mandatory, like mandatory um to reviewing. Like, you know, like, when you come out of the closet and you get, like, your gay welcome yeah. pass. Like, get your, like, Starter pack. Yeah. <laughs> Orienteering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, it's a sin should be part of it. And it, it kind of makes me think, like, why we should, like, really kind of... The elders in our community, like, people who have been there, who've lived through it, I just mm. think that, like, I can't have anything but respect for them, like, out of the stigma that they would have received from their own community, from mm-hmm. the, out the wider world, the rejected they would have faced from their families, from people around yeah. them, like all this. And some of them still trying to battle a debilitating illness, seeing their friends die. Mm. A wild, wild, it's a wild time key, like really wild. And literally, I think back then it was more, it was more common to like literally be estranged from your family. Whereas it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's obviously still happens now, but it's sort of less common now. They must look at our generation and think we've got it so easy because in comparison we have, to be fair. Have, like, especially sure. in the UK, I definitely. I agree. Very, very cool. I right. agree, yeah. One thing I would actually, I mean, a bit of an aside, I would really love to know how, like, obviously in our community, like the black community, the black gay community, how we dealt with HIV there. So obviously with a lot of us, they would have been DL, for instance. They wouldn't have mm. been as open and out and proud as they would have been in It's a Sin, for instance. Yeah. So I'd really love to know, like, how that affected our community back then, like, properly, kind of. So, like, if there was a group of friends, a group of black friends, and mm. some of them were queer and some of them wasn't, or, like, how that even worked then? Or, like, yeah, because I just have no, I have no idea. It'd be a case of finding them, I guess, because let me think, anyone who... 
I don't think anyone who grew up in the 80s as in like was partying. Let's say they were 18 in 1981, like this film. So how, how old would they be now? They would be approaching 60. In their 50s, wouldn't they? Yeah, like late 50s yeah. in, into 60s, depending on how old they were at the time, like during that decade. Um, yeah. So they must be around for sure. But it's just, I guess it's just finding them. And I'd I love know. To, I'd love to speak. Like, yeah, and I know for sure that like we like us as I guess to I guess to the elders we're like fucking like baby gays, even though we're grown men, and we still talk about like all the things like all the fetishization, all yeah. this like thing that we get from like from uh, white gays that we must have got. It must have been so wild back then. <laughs> like, so oh, wild. definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Only like, back in a time remember. machine for a night. Yeah. Do you remember uh, um, Dr. Mark, Dr. Mark Pakyanathan, who we had on? I mean, he was talking about it then. Mm-hmm. The things yeah. that he was saying off the cuff, we were like... <laughs> oh, he was like, oh, what did he say? He said, he, he, I think he thought getting spat at by a stranger was a microaggression. Was like, <laughs> <laughs> I think because he just wasn't, hadn't come across the term before. So I, it's, it's not really. I mean, mate, I mean, in comparison, they might, like, they might think that we're doing too much when we talk about microaggressions. Well, I was thinking there's no kind of scale where that would be minor, like right, what, yeah. what you just described there. Like, <laughs> oh, that was hilarious. That was I, I forgot about that episode. That was that was a laugh talking to him about that. <laughs> yeah, it was wild, wild, wild times, wild times. Did you have much to say about the mother and father, Richie, or was there interesting material there? Do you think there was interesting material actually? First of all, man. I don't care if you're like just found out the, the way Keely Hall, the way her character was speaking to Jill, and to because you know when they're in the hospital, yeah. Like, if that happened to yeah. me, funny to any to anyone, like I don't care how you're feeling, you would be you would have been a red to feel, you would have been a dragged through the morning. Yeah, because it's like it's like she couldn't appreciate, even though she's finding out all this information about her son, like these like have been caring for him all this time. <laughs> it's like she couldn't. It's like that. It's like that went out of her head when she got all this news. Yeah, and she's talking to Jill like she's talking to like she was a dickhead or something like. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a fact she, and also like you know the whole like Jill's character being underdeveloped. It was also the fact that um, she didn't stand up for herself properly when when the mum was talking to her any any which way. Yeah. It just annoyed me even more. Like, come on, Jill. Like, come yeah. on, say something. <laughs> like, <laughs> she said, "Oh, all those times you were in my house and you sat laughing in my face, blah blah blah." And I was like, just yeah. stand up for yourself and just and just just tell her what it was really like. She said a few things, but it, she didn't really. I don't know. That annoyed me. Um, also, they there was like a, a, someone tweeted, and it's exactly what I agreed with. But it's they switched around, didn't it? Because in the early episodes, you think mm-hmm. the mom mom seems like the caring one, and the dad, mm-hmm. it seems like you know the sort of the the archetype, <laughs> yeah, toxic masculinity. Yeah. Like you know, what are you doing that uni for? Blah blah blah. You need to find mm-hmm. a proper job. And then once, when, when and also Ali should have told them on numerous, numerous occasions, but I, I understand it's easy said and done. But like, um, when he finally came out, it was, he's literally dying in a hospital bed. Mm. And then the mum goes off and, and then the dad just fades into the background at that point. I just thought it was strange that like they just switched roles. Um, I actually think, I, I actually quite, I actually quite like that. I think, I just thought that was quite an interesting, like interesting thing they put in the, um, in the show. I would want to say, first of all, that I think Keely Hall does a fantastic job as a mom. Mm-hmm. And I could imagine, I, I could imagine her reacting that way. And I think, in all fairness to her character, like, it's a lot to take on at once. So, and if she has, like, this, 
Yeah, if she has this like maternal instinct, she probably would feel as if like she should have known this from the beginning, that she should have been there to try and mother him or try and steer him on the right path. So I reckon mm. that when she knew she would, would have been dealing with all of that rather than actually the issue at hand yeah. that you have a son who is dying of AIDS. And I think the dad, for instance, he like had all of that stuff like, oh, you need to be a real man, you need to don't go to uni, don't be acting. I think by the time that Richie was in the hospital bed and the standard that he was gay and that he was dying of AIDS, I think yeah. he's kind of accepted all of that already. And first thing on his mind is that his child is, is dying. Yeah, and he's thinking what is he probably used to flummox and thinking, well, what is there to say, really? Like, he just dropped all yeah. that bomb in one go. He obviously didn't yeah. to say. Because it, yeah. it was bad, though, because they were kept in the dark for years and years. Um, it's kind of comical in the, in the beginning because for the first time he goes to Isle of Wight, I think it's in episode one, isn't it? So he goes with Jill and she goes, oh yeah, Richie's got something to tell you. And she takes a place, she goes to the kitchen. And I was like, <laughs> she's left him. To, and then he, then he just comes out with something else. The sister as yeah. well, his, his sister was, that character was underdeveloped. Like she's actually actually hated him. When he said he was changing subjects, she goes, oh, you're so pathetic. I was thinking, what sister would yeah. tell it to the brother? I don't know, maybe I'm out of touch, but she... The entire series, the sister is like, she says she has like a few lines, at like full stop. Um, mm-hmm. And every time she's saying to me, it's like just say something really nasty to him. And then you see her crying in the last scene, like when he's passed, I'm thinking literally she's still under, she might as well not have been in the story. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like there was sprinkling things. I think me and my flatmate were saying, I think like in general, the women got quite a rough deal in this, in this uh, series, I think. Apart yeah. from Colin's mum, I think. Yeah, Colin's mum was portrayed well. Everyone else kind of, I don't know. But yeah. with, um, with Richie's mum, I would just say it wasn't so much the actor, actress and like the lines. But I think just the direction they were going with that last episode of just following her down the hospital corridor, like to and fro going to different people. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of worked. I thought, I thought it was interesting, but I thought I thought that was brilliant. I I, you know, I thought I could imagine that if you're just given news like that, that's how you'd act. I'd imagine that mm. like if you were told something like that, you just wouldn't know what to do with yourself, basically. And mm-hmm. and because like when she was when she was like screaming at the nurse, being like, "I want to see the doctor," like yeah. you want like you want to feel like you're in control, like you know what's going on, and especially like when you are like giving as destabilizing news as that. I thought that probably mm. how I could imagine that being how someone reacts to it. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just, Richie was in a tough position, but I think to tell your parents, I'm gay, I've got AIDS, and I'm dying, basically. Well, I don't think he said that, but it was, it's implied, as everyone knows it was a death sentence back then. Um, yeah. The, I will say, the kitchen scene with her and Jill, the hospital, in the hospital restroom, mm-hmm. it was like in the hospital break room, and yeah. um, the other lady comes, she's a mother of someone else on the ward. Um, yeah. which gave, like, when she was saying to her, oh, what have you been doing all these years with his mother? That didn't sit right with me. Um, I think kids can hide a lot from their parents. So for her to basically say to her, you're a shit mum because you didn't know he was gay, I'm thinking, nah, that's, that's out of order. That was the one time I felt sorry for the mum. Well, not, not the only time, but like, I just kept thinking that was a bit mean to say, like back then before mobile phones. Mm-hmm. If he's kept his distance from them for the best part of ten years, mm-hmm. you know you can't That's be cussing them off. Yeah. I'm trying to, yeah. So, so I felt sorry for most of the characters. I felt sorry for Richie's mum. I felt sorry for Richie to be honest with you. Like as a horrible a person as I thought he was, 
Obviously, <laughs> obviously, I didn't want him. To, I didn't want him to be to get AIDS and to be like dying in hospital because of it. So it was just mm-hmm. like really, it's just really bleak. Yeah, so yeah, I felt I felt sorry for Richie's character, not because of like the way he made me feel, just because of the circumstances he was in. Someone posted a spoiler on Instagram. I was fucking fuming. Like, so I watched, I watched the whole thing over two days. I watched three episodes on the Saturday, and then two episodes on the Sunday. I was on Instagram like Saturday night after I watched the first three. And I guess it's not a huge spoiler because you, you probably could have guessed the main character would die. But someone literally on the Instagram story posted a picture of him in his deathbed or bedridden um, mm. saying, oh, who else cried at the end of this? It was someone I don't even know. You know, you, you, know, you follow someone like you meet to be like, you know each other in real life. Because mm-hmm. I wanted to cuss them off. I was like, are you actually serious? Like, you know, it's literally just come out and you're putting spoilers on, on, on the timeline. That, that. But I was just like, let me leave it. I unfollowed them though. I was very happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. Like I said, you probably could have guessed he died, but at the same time, like, you know, it wasn't guaranteed, was it? Um, well, because he was the main character, I thought he was going to live. Before, like, when um, the scene where he's, like, with his, like, kind of boyfriend and he sees a legion on his back, I was like, oh, maybe mm. maybe he's going to get um, get HIV then. But I thought he mm. would have been one of the characters who survived, who, like, survived through it and was able to still have it and live and live with it. Until he can get the um, medication that he needs, but no. He survived. Roscoe, oh. Jin, and Ash. All the yeah. ethnic survived. <laughs> was that another, was that another <laughs> throwing scraps to us or something? Like, yeah. We didn't flesh out the characters, but at least they all survived at the end and they didn't die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, in general, like, despite my cynical like, jibes here and there, I really enjoyed it and I would rec- thoroughly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah, me too. I did, and like I said, like it's great. T- it is great TV. It deserves to be out there. It deserves the hype, and like have everyone speaking about it. Our podcast is about it, and I think it rightfully so. So for this week's spotlight, I, I kind of wanted to highlight two things. Um, we usually do one, but it's our podcast. We can do what we want. So. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the first one I wanted to. Um, to highlight the first thing I wanted to spotlight, um, kind of in a similar vein to Black History Month and Black LGBT History Month, as we're calling it, is a new Instagram page that I saw pop up in like um, in my feed about a couple of days ago. It's called Black and Gay Back in the Day, and upon further investigation. It uh, turns out that it's run by Mark Thompson, who, of course, uh, Keen and I both know from Blackout UK, and by Jason Ockende. Basically, it's supposed to be a digital community archive honouring and remembering Black queer life in Britain as it was. And they only have like six posts at the moment, but the idea is just so they can share images of Black queer people in the past, like in the 90s, 80s, maybe even further back from that. And just to give, yeah, not just to, I guess it's just for posterity, just so we can see it. So people who may have been black and queer in that time, they might be in photos, they could identify themselves, they could share times in their lives that other people don't really see. I'm sorry, from the few pictures I've seen, I love them. And it's, um, when I've seen pictures from this kind of era, it's, it hasn't been specific, but with a specific focus on like, you know, the black gay community, black gay LGBT community. It's been like mm. old family photos from like church or like christings and stuff like that so it's, it's really nice to see these but these it are, really is like yeah 
the whole idea of archived and archiving and having like photos of things of like things like different things to remember the past of we, we would have seen that before we'd have gone to museums to art galleries we would have seen it before but honestly i really never saw the um never saw the point in them or never saw the relevance to them until i've seen one that has something to do with art which <laughs> make, this makes sense like, of because you, you're drawn to things that you can see yourself in though. i think that's true for a lot of people Definitely see the music industry with sales mm -hmm. and who, who gets the sales and who doesn't, but yeah, <laughs> I won't veer off topic. Yeah, well, well, <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that is a podcast episode for another day. <laughs> but I think, <laughs> um, I think that seeing those images just makes me feel so happy. And like, mm -hmm. again, it just makes me see that like there are, like, there, there are people in our community who were our age, who were younger, and it was living their lives, they were happy, they were with their friends, with their bedrooms, with their family, just like, just being happy and living. And there is just something so enriching about seeing that. They've literally only been, that's all, their first um, post was from, it was three days ago, and they already have like 2,800 followers. So I'm here shouting them out on the podcast, and they really don't need the publicity from us, to be Like us, our small, small podcast, they don't need it, but... I think it's a great thing. I think it's a great idea. Obviously, yeah. I've said a few, on quite a few occasions, I'm such a huge fan of Mark Thompson. But I think um, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention it here. Yeah. So everyone should check it out. That is Back End Gay, Back in the Day. Um, they have a link tree on their Instagram account as well, which brings you to a playlist of kind of like music that I think mainly Mark would be listening to back when he was he was younger, he was uh, in our age. So it's yeah. really interesting. And obviously, if you have images yourself that you can contribute to it, then there should be no reason why you can't do that. So yeah, that's the first one. The second one is about the news that we received um, kind of like late last week about the uh, musician, DJ, producer, Sophie. Um, who tragically died, uh, tragically died of an accident. Mm -hmm. And I saw someone like send up an RYP to Sophie. And I was like, this is like really strange. I've been a fan of her music for about a year now, but I didn't realize that she was as popular as she was, that so many people like obviously took something from her music as well. So it was just like so surprising to me to hear that she died at such a young age. And to see like just how much how much of an impact that she had on people, I didn't even know that Sophie was transgender before. Like when I first listened to her, like that to be honest, that that really wasn't that imp wasn't um, important to me that to know. But I had no idea, and now mm -hmm. I do know. Maybe it's kind of like taking on a bit more of a meaning for me. So when people like when like celebrities or public figures die, everyone always wants to jump on a bandwagon. Like I, I was a fan of this person from this day, and I knew I knew them from X Y Z and that. And like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go down that route. So I'm not gonna say that like I was her biggest fan or anything like that. I listened to her 2018 album. Let me get up the name. Yeah. Well, of every pearl's on insides. I haven't. <laughs> so you, you, you've like obviously told me to give her a listen since um, since she passed. Mm -hmm. um, so I've only done the one song so far, the really popular one. Um, Immaterial. Immaterial. Yeah. Well, I, I did like, I did like the feel of it definitely. So I will check out the full album in due course. Add to my long, long list. So um, the full album is really good. It was actually nominated for a Grammy. I think it might be actually the only time that she was nominated for one. 
it is really good. It's really superb. I would say, like, in the whole, like, I've been listening to a lot of Soul City since and years. And I would mm. say that, like, of everything that I've seen or heard that she'd made or produced, that is a little bit of an outlier in that, like, usually with her music, it's very, like, the beats are very heavy, very mm. big, bossy, like, lots of 808, lots of, like, lots of stuff going on in it. And um, with that 2018 album, it's, like, it's a little bit more conceptual. It's still it's mm-hmm. still great. I still recommend it. But yeah, but um, her singles like she's got like a collection of singles. And I'll I'll show you I'll show you that to um, listen to because they're so fire, Kieran. Like mm-hmm. um, she was. I mean, I I don't know much about like technical producing, but I can tell you like you you know when um when a song is good when like someone has like a point of view. Yeah, it's put together well. There's concepts and then, yeah, completely pulled off. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So I think that. Of Sophie, yeah, I'm. I'm. I didn't even know. I didn't even know her that well, or know like what she was about that much. That I. I was sad to hear that she was gone. So, yeah, just a short shout out to to Sophie. R.I.P. R.I.P. Well, I guess that is it for today. Thanks everyone for listening once more. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Black Boy Joy Podcast. Uh, on Twitter is at BLK Boy Joy Pod. Um, on the usual platforms for listening Spotify, Google Podcast Anchor and Apple Music I've never used that app ever Apple like, Podcast uh, Apple Podcast that's the one yeah, I'm very much an but yeah um, on all those channels as usual we're happy to receive any feedback anything you liked anything you hated just get in touch with us um, very approachable very sociable people um, and thank you for listening thank you very much thank you